What's up, guys? Uh, spring break coming to a close back in the classroom. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Some of you guys I know just went on it. I know uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, some of you guys are heading out to spring break, so hopefully you guys enjoy that as well. Um, if you need something to listen to, we get you covered at the podcast. Over 100 episodes. You guys uh, enjoy those. Coming up on a big milestone that we will... Um, let everybody know about when we hit it, but that'll be here in the next few weeks. And, uh, any videos you guys want to check out, you can all find at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by team builder. Team builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletic programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach or need training programs, team builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Right now, Team Builder is offering a free 10-week spread offense tempo training program when you start a 14-day free trial at teambuilder.com. That's team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. Make sure you guys put in the code RTP. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Sports Performance Tracking, or SPT. Sports Performance Tracking is a wearable GPS device that athletes can actually wear during football games. GPS analytics has been used at the pro level, but never filtered its way all the way down to college and high school until now. With GPS tracking, coaches can measure workload of a player to ensure that they aren't overworking or underworking. SPT is used by almost 25,000 athletes around the globe, from professional football clubs in Europe to high schools in Texas. SPT allows coaches to understand their players' fitness levels and compare to other players. One coach for the University of Louisiana Monroe said, there's no more hiding behind effort. Get the best out of your players and keep them injury-free with SPT. Go to sptgps.com for more information. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Just Play. Whether you're a coach looking for a personal playbook tool or you're on a staff at a program looking to improve your team's preparation, Just Play has a solution for you. They have recently released a new product called My Just Play. My Just Play is a personal playbook tool for coaches at all levels, from Pop Warner, Pee Wee, all the way to the NFL. Create and organize your playbook with terminology, diagrams, video, and assignments, all starting at just $10 a month. Learn more at myjustplay.com. Again, that's myjustplay.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Matthew Keith. Coach Keith is the offensive line coach at North Carolina Wesleyan College. Listen as we talk with Coach Keith about his playing days and coaching career, what he learned from playing at a football powerhouse in Mount Union, and how he develops his offensive linemen. You can follow Coach Keith on Twitter at Coach Matt Keith. Hope you guys enjoy. You know, I, I grew up in, in southeastern Michigan, um, went to a small school, and, um, you know, I, from an early age, I just I just loved football, and it was one of those things where, um, you know, when, when I was in high school, people would ask what I wanted to do, and, and I knew coaching was, was kind of where I wanted to go, or, or at least stay involved with the game. Um, so I was, I was fortunate enough, I, I got recruited uh, to Mount Union um, in Ohio out of, out of college, so I was about three and a half hours away from home. Um, got opportunity to go there and obviously uh, play play in a pretty successful program. Um, we went uh, 57 and three in the the four years I was there. Um, you know, was able to be a part of the the 2012 national championship team, which um, was awesome. But uh, <laughs> it was it was an experience that um, you know I, I love and and a big part of the reason I went there um, over going to some other smaller schools was. I knew, like I said, I knew I wanted to get into coaching and, um, you know, the success that, that they had had there and that they still have, um, I, it hasn't been replicated at any other level um, for that long. And that was something that I, I wanted to learn from that and just kind of get a feeling. And, and it was a culture shock. You know, I came from a high school that had, um, you know, 30, 33 guys on the roster and, uh, you know, it's a little bit bigger at Mount Union. So um, it was, it was a good time there, um, but again, I, I knew, I knew I wanted to coach. So um, even while I was in school um, and, and playing uh, during the summers, I actually got a couple of summer internships um, that I was I was really lucky to get. Um, the first one in between my sophomore and junior year, 
uh, I got an internship at Tiffin University, um, which was a little bit down the road, but, but it was a football office and operations intern. So, um, you know, wasn't paid, worked, you know, four to six hours a day, nothing crazy. Um, but I was in the football offices, um, helping with the recruiting, helping with, um, you know, organizing the database, getting the equipment that's coming in, um, you know, all that stuff, helping with camps in any way I could. Um, and that was a, a great experience there. Obviously met some coaches, um, you know, that, that were there at the time. And, and then that actually led me into my, my first job at, out of graduation. Um, the defensive coordinator there at the time was, was Seth there. Um, he got a head coaching job at Beloit in Wisconsin. Uh, and, and gave me that first opportunity when I when I graduated. So um, I know I'm I'm kind of going long on this, sorry, but um, take your time. From there, yeah, it was it was uh, it was awesome because you know meeting those coaches and and I went to the convention um, for the first time, the AFDA convention before uh, I graduated, and met with the guys at Boy College, and, and like I said, uh, Coach Deer had had taken that position and. Um, he offered me to to come out and be the offensive line coach, um, which, you know, was, was something that was really appealing. Obviously, there aren't very many, um, you know, 22-year-olds that, that get to say they're an offensive line coach at a college. Uh, so I kind of jumped into it, uh, you know, and it was trial by fire, which was uh, good and bad. You know, I think I, I made some mistakes that, um, you know, uh, obviously looking back, they were they were dumb mistakes, but you know, you learn from them. And I think that was the biggest thing, you know, just learning and recruiting. Um, you know, I, I didn't have, um, you know, someone else in the meeting room. I was taking the meetings over right away as, as a 22 year old. I had a, um, a, a player was actually older than me. Um, so that was, that was interesting <laughs> and, um, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of learned from it. And, um, you know, went from there and, and I ended up getting a, a full-time offer uh, the next year at the College of St. Scholastica up in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, was there for a couple of years, got got promoted to run game coordinator my second year there. Uh, and then before this last season, got a opportunity to come down here to North Carolina Wesleyan. And, uh, you know, the, the weather was a nice uh, draw, you know, to get out of the Duluth winters. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But uh, you know, I took a took a chance and moved down here, and and that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, so that first job, that trial by fire, as, as you called it, it would you, um, if someone's asking for advice and they're like, "Hey, I may have this chance, but it's it's my own it's my own spot, and I don't really have a whole lot of of training necessarily as a coach. It's trial by fire." Would you say, "Hey, you need to jump at that. That's that's the way to get started," or uh, would you would you try to usher them a different way yeah um I think it really depends on on the coaches around them um and that was one of the things is I I grew really close with uh coach Deer, the head coach and then uh coach Jake Marshall was the the co-offensive coordinator at the time and those two um you know really helped me and and gave me the the legs to stand on I remember um before camp even started that year um you know they were making me install to them um, they knew I was was young and, and hadn't done it before. So um, they gave me the tools to be successful. I think it can be dangerous if you don't have that support from the other coaches um, to just go in and, and you don't really know what to do. But I, I felt comfortable with those guys, and, and I know they taught me a lot. Um, you know, and obviously there, there are other opportunities, and, and everyone kind of has their own path. And, you know, I really wouldn't, wouldn't change, um, you know, how I got to where I'm at right now. Coach, what were kind of some of the things, you know, when you're in that, that trial by fire, and I know, you know, they would, they would make you, you know, do some of your teaching and, and work on some of the install, you know, to them as far as plays are concerned. But what was kind of your first step in, like, you know what, here, here's some of the things I'm going to have to be able to teach these guys. Uh, where did you kind of go when you were talking about your learning progression? Because I think this is awesome. A lot of, a lot of coaches contact us at, at Run the Power, and they're younger coaches. And they really want to know kind of where do I even start? You know, I go to right. college and I take a coaching theory class and they're talking about, you know, this is a 4-3 defense and this is a power play. But how do I run a room? How do I teach fundamentals? What was kind of your starting point when you got started? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it was really getting to know the guys that I had and, and that were in the room. Um, you know, I think one of the, 
one of the things that it taught me the most was to be able to to be adaptable as a coach and and um you know cater your style a little bit to to the guys that you have and, um you know just from from going from um you know being in meeting rooms at Mount Union to going to Beloit College where I had you know seven offensive linemen in the room at some time um you know it was it was a, a different environment um and those those guys were were just um you know different kids so uh I had to to learn to adjust um to them to how how to connect to them I couldn't just go in and do um things the way that they were done in Mount Union obviously um you know but but I would adapt and 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 help them get to where they needed to be and I think one of the big things with that is is learning um you know what their limits are what what can they do what can't they do um because obviously asking guys to do something that they can't do um is just setting them up for failure and so figuring out what they can do and and what they're strong at and adapting um you know what we're doing whether it's schematics or game planning or whatever it is being able to adapt to uh to the personnel is is huge I I much like that that was in the was kind of in the same boat now it wasn't as at bit, such a big stage it was just high school but um I, I kind of went in thought I was going to be an assistant offensive line coach uh some things happened and and I kind of got through in like you said trial by fire got thrown in it luckily uh something that I haven't even talked about because I've never even put a lot together but I had an awesome uh, offense coordinator and a head coach that like you said really could help me along uh, but but the craziest part for me was uh that that very first um that very first offensive line meeting uh it was like it wasn't until maybe my second third year that I felt like my own coach where really I was in those meetings it almost felt like I was pretending to be uh some of the coaches that I had had I was like I, I don't even almost feel like a coach yet I'm just uh, still a player I'm just trying to help you guys out I, I'm just trying to mimic uh, almost what what the coaches have done before me. So it was kind of a, a surreal deal uh, those first couple of years, especially in the meeting room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I definitely can relate to that. And, and I think that's <laughs> one of the great things of, of, you know, my college experience and what I learned. Obviously, you know, I had had some great coaches and, and learned some great stuff. And it wasn't really till I was on my own that some of this stuff clicked more. Um, you know, why are we doing it this way? you know, as a coach now, I see why we're doing it that way. And, um, you know, so yeah, definitely day one, it was, it was, uh, a, a lot of learning to do. Coach, what were some things that you did then? Cause obviously, you know, you're in the mix. It's hard to, to do maybe a ton of studying because you're watching opponents, you know, you're evaluating your guys, you're, you're building your, your drill tapes and your practice plans, whatever it might be. What were some things that you kind of started to do then in the off season? Because you knew, Hey, I'm going to have to accelerate my learning a little bit what were some resources and things that you kind of sought out to get that done? Yeah. Um, you know, one, one great tool is YouTube. Uh, you know, Absolutely. I was, I was, I was looking on there just for, for drills and coaching points, um, you know, and, and things of that nature. And, um, you know, really that, that first off season, I, I honestly didn't have as much time to, um, you know, to clinic or to learn as much as I wanted to, because, um, you know, with it being a an entry level position, I had to work some other jobs. Uh, you know, to make to some stay, uh Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I think you know, just whenever there's free time, you know, whether it was checking out YouTube videos or just talking ball in the office. You know, I was uh, sharing an office with our offense coordinator at the time, so you know, we would we would be in the middle of recruiting and. Um, you know, someone had an idea and we would just draw it up on the board and, and talk about it. And, um, you know, just being in that environment, um, was, was huge. And again, just learning throughout the season and then throughout spring practices, um, you know, trying things and, and maybe they didn't work, but, you know, learning from that and not necessarily just banging, um, you know, banging my head against the wall, you know, learning and adapting, I think is, is really big, um, to, to, uh, being successful as a, a young coach. Coach, you talked about maybe not realizing some of the more big picture things while you're a player, uh, but then as you, as you, you know, grow into that coaching role, uh, you kind of figure out, oh, okay, this is the reason, the full reason behind why we do this. Okay, maybe this makes a little more sense to me as a coach. So uh, after kind of learning those things and learning maybe how helpful that would have been, 
how much of that stuff do you try to uh, impart on on your players now? Obviously, you don't want to give them too much because it, that's just right. overclouding their their you know what their mental capacity at the time. But um, as you said, it, it does. There are certain things that if you know the the bigger scheme, maybe not the biggest scheme, but the bigger scheme of why you're doing it, that would make you such a better player. Yeah, I think um, at least when I'm installing X and O's, um, you know, I, I do start with, with the bigger picture. So whether it's an RPO or, or whatever it is, just drawing it up on the board for the first time, um, I give them the full picture. And then obviously we break it down by, um, you know, by position, by the different fronts that we're going to see, um, you know, break it down from there. But, but I tell the guys, you know, make sure you're writing it down. I just want you guys to see, um, you know, this is why we're doing it this way. And so, you know, whatever the scheme is, just so they understand, you know, whether it's a, um, you know, a pop pass off of inside zone where now we're going to lock on the backside end, you know, this is why we're locking on the backside end because we're reading this guy, um, you know, so, so it's a handoff for a give. And just explaining it to them, not in overly complicated ways, but just to give them a, um, a picture of it. And I think, you know, guys who want to learn more, obviously they, they push themselves, but um, from there, obviously giving the guys just enough information to be successful, I think, um, you know, has, has been successful, but um, that's just kind of my, uh, my approach with it. That always helped me as a player, uh, because if you're ever in a bind, but you kind of knew what the whole play was, you could figure out at least normally nine, 90% of the time who you should be blocking. Uh, I, it wasn't until I got to be a coach that I really realized how important having like rules are like uh, not necessarily like that sounds almost too simplistic, but it's like when, when, you know, when stuff hits the fan, uh, you've got to right. have a set of rules where, okay, they're not anywhere. Like we practiced, we got to have a set of rules that all of our guys can go on and, and we can at least get this playoff before we talk about it on the sideline uh, where when I was in college, I never thought that way. Uh, maybe I just tuned all my coaches out, but I always saw it as big picture and could tell, okay, I can tell they've got to get them and them. So that means I've got this guy where when I was coaching, I found out pretty quick that, that that's not how very many uh, of my guys learned it or thought about their scheme. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. <laughs> and then, and then kind of one of the other things that I've, I've been running into lately um, is in, and I'm not to that point yet, but I especially had problems with it when I was a player. We had a really, really good coach, but now I'm starting to run into some of it. It's like where I, I'm worried that sometimes I forget some of the basic stuff when I get some of these new kids back in or when we start a new season. It's like so. there's times where I'm assuming they know things that three years ago when I was starting out as a coach, I wasn't assuming those things because I just started out. So where now it's like once you've done it, four or five times and I can only imagine 20 times you've installed something the same time it's like you start you, you forget how little maybe some of these new kids remember it or even some of your sophomores that are now juniors it was six months ago when they haven't thought about any scheme and and sometimes you pass over some of the I, I pass over some of those things and I'm like oh I, I need to go back all the way from scratch and make sure I don't forget any little point because uh, it's not just a known thing yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, something that, that I've been able to do, um, you know, I, I've given older guys ownership, um, you know, so I really want those guys that, that are older that have been in it, um, you know, to be able to, to help in meetings. So, um, you know, even when I'm going through install again, yeah, those guys have been through it, but, um, you know, we want the younger guys to ask them questions and if they're not getting something, you know, let, let those older guys, um, speak up and chime in and you know it's it's reassuring to obviously hear that they can explain it and they can teach it um you know because that that knows there that means that they understand you know what's going on and that's um that's really been been useful uh in fall camps you know for those young guys not just to hear it from obviously uh, you know me or drawing it up on the board but um even on the field when when the older guys are, are helping them um you know it, it helps the group grow overall that's a lot, a lot of the stuff I've been getting into this year as a, an instructional coach is learning more about learning. And you guys, are, you guys are both explaining kind of that last level, and they call it transfer. If they're able to transfer now, their knowledge to somebody else, 
it's, it's a really big indicator of, of them fully understanding it. Same thing, you know, us as coaches, you know, when we're super comfortable and we can transfer that knowledge to, to players, that means we're kind of a master or an expert of, of what we're trying to teach. Um, coach, I was going to ask you this real quick, because you're, you're talking about RPOs. How often does it come up in the offensive line room where, where they ask you, coach, how come we didn't hand that off? Coach, oh, talk me to that <laughs> every, I mean, it has to be at least once or twice every meeting, um, you know, whether it's practice or, or game film, um, you know, and, and my answer is, well, quarterback's going to make the right read. He's going to, he's going to make you guys right. So you guys do your job and, and let him do his and we'll be all right. So, <laughs> but that's so funny. We, we, uh, I remember when we first kind of started dabbling a little bit with RPOs and we'd run like pin pull left, but then, uh, throw a little quick screen or whatever it is out to the receivers on the right. And that was before the guys really had, had figured it out and, and kind of knew that maybe it was coming. They were really ticked off about that one. And pull, run really far to the left, and then you're throwing it out to the right. They were, uh, they weren't, they weren't too happy about that in the first few practices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's easier to sell uh, play action passes more than it is uh, than it is the RPOs. I agree too, and then because then yeah. they get yelled at too. Guys are you know, are downfield, or you know, it just puts them in some of those bad situations. At least like when you're, you know, play action passes. You, you, like you said, you can sell them. Hey, let's give the QB three seconds, and we can go celebrate. Right. <laughs> Instead of uh, am, I, am I blocking the run? Am I not? I mean. <laughs> But the worst as an offensive lineman was screen periods. I get now as a coach how important they are, but um, as a as a guard, at least in college, it was guards and centers that got out. Man, that was brutal. And all the tackles had to do was set a few yards and then go walk back to the huddle. Uh, they were they were the jerks, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's we'll uh, we'll get that in India as a, a little bit of conditioning, you know, once a week or so, um, just to get them going. But yeah, they they're definitely not a fan of that. Well, Coach, you guys talk about, you know, <clears throat> what you got going on down there. How, how do you guys kind of go about install? I mean, are you guys a big zone team? Are you a gap scheme? Are you a mixed team, multiple? You know, talk, can you talk a little bit about kind of how you maybe progress uh, on your basic installs and maybe even talk maybe about, like, you know, pass protection and, and screens and things like that, how you guys kind of go about getting that offense rolling? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, for me, it was, it was a learning experience just as much as the guys. I actually, I got here a week before camp started. Um, so I, wow. I didn't have much time to, uh, <laughs> to prepare, uh, for the, for the season, but, um, uh, no, it, it was really good. Um, we're, we're, a uh, a pro team out of shotgun. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do, um, shifts and motions, you know, uh, power is our, our base run play. We'll run power. We'll run counter, um, inside zone, outside zone. Um, you know, and obviously we have, uh, things built in off of that. Um, but really, when we hit camp, it was it was two installs for the O line. So um, we had a gap scheme day and we had a, a zone day. Um, so we we hit those, and then we kind of went back and forth every other day, uh, you know, for about the next week or so. Um, so it was kind of it was nice to get it all in, um, and then obviously build, um, you know, each day. And we knew if it was a gap gap day or a zone day. Um, so we could, we could progress off of it and they knew exactly what they were working. And then, um, you know, as we got into the week for the scrimmage, then we would put it all together and, and kind of go from there. Um, so that was a little bit different than, than what I've done in the past. And, and like I said, I was, I was learning, um, you know, as I went again, you know, here, just what our, our offense coordinator wanted as far as, um, you know, certain coaching points and things like that. But, um, it was it was definitely a good experience, and you know I I did like getting it all in um, you know right away right off the bat, and then obviously we would fine tune, um, figure out what we were what we were good at, and, and build off of that. So um, it was it was good, um, definitely a good experience in camp. I was my first few years was against that way of of install um, and, until Coach Walls made me do it. Um, and, and, and now that's how we do it too with our new coordinator. Uh, but as an offensive lineman, I was like, let's just zone, let's get really good at inside zone and then for a few days. And then, and then we can bring in gap scheme and we'll get really good at gap scheme. And then we'll do, you know, and, and that's kind of the way I was wanting to do it. And then it was like, uh, it, with walls, it was like, let's throw everything we've got. Let's get that in, in the first four or five days. And then that way, uh, later on in the year, if we need to go back to it, they've at least heard it. And, and 
Um, right. To, to the credit of that, it, it has worked really well for us these past few years. And so uh, I, I've kind of bought into that as well. And it is nice to be able to go back to those things when you need them and say, I know it, maybe it's been a while, but remember we ran this and, and we can tweak it like this, this game. And, and it's pretty easy. At least the kids have heard it. They remember going, going through that um, in that initial first install. No doubt. And, and I think, you know, again, you know, just getting it in right away, our, you know, our defense, we had a new defense this year, so we were getting a, a whole bunch of different looks and um, it was, it was a learning process from day one. So even the older guys who felt like, Hey, I already know this, um, you know, obviously they had a, a new line coach and a new defense to go against. So, so they kind of had to throw some, some things out of the window from, from, uh, you know, the past and, and we kind of just built together um, right from the get go. And, and we had a pretty successful year doing that. Coach, I like that you said too, I mean, of course we are run the power, um, <laughs> but I mean, you, you install gap the first day. And again, it's, it's such a huge thing. I think with, with establishing the mentality of an offense, I mean, literally every single offensive line coach that comes on to the podcast talks about how I want my offensive line to be physical. Right. So, I mean, that's like the, the number one thing. Well, that was kind of our philosophy and, and Harper is, is all about it now. And we install power the first day because we just want that mentality for our kids. Like here, yeah. here, here's our bread and butter. We're going to hit people in the face. We're going to knock people off the ball. You know, I, I think just starting from that and I was kind of liking it back to like basketball, like, you know, it was so much easier when you started by teaching kids how to play fast and how to full court press, and then you could always pull the reins back. Well, it was the same thing if I was, teaching them, you know, all of our pass protection and screen stuff the first day. Now it was harder for me to teach them to go bite people in the power game. Whereas if I just started with, hey, we're coming off the ball, we're a gap team, we're a power team, we'll run some of this other stuff, but this is our bread and butter, this is how we play. It really established that mentality and that confidence within the the front, I thought. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, you know, the guys really took – took pride in, in running the power, you know, and, and as we got into the season, it was, it was great. Um, you know, they would come off to the sideline and say, well, the defense is calling out that we're running power. Well, we just scored a touchdown. So I don't, you know, I don't really care if they know that we're running it. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to run it and, and we're going to be successful. It, it doesn't matter if they know it's coming or not. So, um, you know, we really kind of hung our hat on that in the run, in the run game. And um, like I said, you know, had, had some success this year. Well, Coach, you, you know, you say you come in, you, you're the new offensive line coach, and, and you've got these linemen that are, that are already there, have had, you know, at least one offensive line coach, if not multiple, sometimes how, how college works. Where do you go as far as um, O-line calls when you come in as a new coach? Uh, I'm sure there's stuff that you're already comfortable with, but then there's obviously things that, that the kids have been using. Um, and, and I've gone about it a couple different ways, or I've been a part of it where – um, I've had some college coaches come in and kind of let us, uh, you know, use what's comfortable with us. And then I've also had some come in and, and now we're using complete opposite calls from what we called it the year before and, and kind of was confusing to us, but was really comfortable to them. And so, uh, we stuck with that and we, we ended up learning that way. What was your kind of philosophy with calls and, and different things like that with your group when you first came in? Yeah. Um, you know, just based on the, the timing of when I got here and, and meeting with, with our, uh, our head coach, who's also our offense coordinator, um, you know, we really wanted to keep it as smooth as possible, um, the transition. So um, I met with him as far as, as the calls that they had used in the past, and it actually worked out that they were very similar um, to what I had used. So um, it worked out pretty well, and, and I just adjusted a few things on my end, and, um, you know, we got it going from there. So. Um, there were some things that, that we would make up in the meeting room. You know, I would let guys kind of pitch in their idea of, of what they wanted something called. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I've, I've heard you guys talk about it before, but when those guys have that, that buy-in, they're going to remember that a lot more. Um, you know, they're going to remember what a call is that they made up um, rather than trying to force it, force it on them. So um, a lot of that stuff, you know, it, like I said, we just wanted to keep it smooth. So, um, I didn't have any problem, any problem adjusting to, uh, um, to, to what they had been using and then building, you know, any new calls that we needed from there. Yeah. To me, that's, you know, it's always a lot easier for one guy to learn something new. You know, there's 
so many coaches that want to come in and, and hammer it their way and, you know, refuse to learn it. And I'm like, dude, you know, why, why are we going to make 20 guys learn something new? Let's, let's, you know, meet halfway or, you know, I'll, I'll learn the, the new calls for it, or I might call it something different. And, and honestly, you know, I've seen it too, where, you know, a new coach comes in and, and he's calling it something different. And the kids like, it's almost like a running joke. Like, you know, he yeah. called, called the combo something like, no coach, that's a hammer combo or whatever. <laughs> you know, right. You know, they, they, it just kind of be kind of a fun back and forth game that they play, you know, but I mean, yeah, I, I never really understood that, you know, when you get married to a system of calls, it's like, dude, we, we call it whatever the heck we want. <laughs> yeah. We're blocking, we're blocking people and scoring points. Well, we had a coach exactly. that we had a coach that came from Minnesota where, you know, very pro style, uh, uh, you know, 10 years prior, very pro style. And they had a, you know, a, a strong side and a weak side uh, as far as of the formation and, and uh, if they were getting pressure from the strong side, it was a Bosco call. And if they're getting it from the weak side, the calls, uh, I can't remember what it was. But anyways, he brings it to Houston. And in Houston, we're two by two, three by one. So there, we don't ever know what the strength of the formation is or, or if it's Pat. I, I think we spent maybe a month trying to figure out, well, is it a Bosco or is it a, a, what, a, a Billy call? If protections are protection, but our protection means – ours the man side and we're sliding to the left and and so we're trying to figure out that and and I'm asking him I'm like why can't if I'm the right tackle just say alert and he's like well they don't know what side it's coming from and I'm like if I'm to the right of the center and I just say alert <laughs> everyone's gonna know it's coming from my side right and and he wouldn't he wouldn't budge on it but I don't think we ever used it at all but it was a good one month long that we're trying to figure out is it a Bosco or a Billy call and is it the formation? None of us knew the formation because we're spread no huddle. It, it didn't make any sense to us, but uh, it was just kind of funny how some of those guys get with that. And I'm sure it was great. I mean, I'm sure it worked really, really well in their system. Uh, but uh, just with us, we, we never really used it. And, and uh, I never understood why I couldn't just call alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's classic. Oh, Gordy Shaw. He was a good one, though. He was a good one. He was um, one of the ones that I was saying that, like, it was like he would forget to tell us things because he'd been doing it for 25 years. So he would he would skip a whole step of it and, and kind of assume that guys knew it or, or, you know, whatever that was, but we'd only been there with him for one year. And so um, was a great coach. But that was – that after playing for him, and he didn't do it often, but that's kind of when it always started my fear of, man, I don't want to skip over things and, and forget what – was new to me at one point. Absolutely, yeah, and and I think um, you know with that. Oh shoot, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> Play, played too, uh, played offensive line too long. I think. I think you've been. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. Face mask, face mask, in the number a little bit too many times. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, yeah. What um, what I was gonna say. I think you know from that. I've just learned to to keep it as simple as possible as far as communication Absolutely. and you know Absolutely. your your alert call was um that kind of reminded me of that you know we just have a a hot call you know if someone's coming it's it's hot um you know and just point it out you know and, and that kind of went back to um you know our mentality this year of not um you know not really worrying about if the defense knows what's coming you know I don't right. I don't care if um you know they know that that he's the mic I don't care if they know that we know what the blitz is um you know as long as we execute and do our job we'll be we'll be just fine Coach, I wanted to ask you a few questions about, you know, Mountain Union. I've, I've gotten to know a little bit about it up here in Iowa. Um, you know, Coach Campbell was obviously a, a Mountain Union guy uh, here at Iowa State. So I'm just, just curious to, as to, you know, kind of, you know, your thoughts as to why they've been able to sustain that kind of success and, and just some of the, the program aspects and things that you've seen and learned there that, you know, you, you felt like kind of made them what they were and then maybe some things that you've kind of tossed into your coaching philosophy as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest things that, that I learned from there was just um, the full culture uh, of a team, the full buy-in. Um, so obviously there, you know, we, we all had one clear goal, um, you know, and that was, that was to win the national title every year. You know, there was no, um, you know, no shying away from it. That that was what was expected and that's what we wanted to do. I think, um, you know, it was, it was really crazy. My, my freshman year, you know, we lost in the, the national championship game and 14 and one was labeled an okay season. 
Um, you know, so for us, just that, that expectation, um, you know, and, and everyone bought in, you know, there was no one that was, the, that was bigger than the team. Um, you know, and I think, I think for us, it was, um, it was important, you know, we prioritized it and, and we took ownership. And I think, um, just that, that culture is something that, that can't be, um, it can't be faked, you know, you can't fake buy-in. Um, and, and, you know, we knew who guys who, um, you know, maybe they quit or left the team, but they weren't fully bought into to what we were doing. And, and that was okay. You know, we kept moving on without them and we kept, um, you know, kept on the path. And I think the, the biggest thing, you know, we, we knew we were going to get the job done just as far as, um, you know, in games, I, I remember specifically, you know, multiple times there were games that, you know, we, we probably shouldn't have won. You know, when you look back on them, um, you know, we were up against it with little to no time. And um, somehow we found a way to, to win. And that was, you know, one of my the, the um, most vivid memories I have. Um, my sophomore year when we won the national championship, it was actually um, the semifinal game against Mary Harden Baylor. We were at home. Um, we went into the fourth quarter. Uh, we were down 28 to 14. And there was no no stress. Um, you know, no one was worried. We knew that we were going to find a way to win. Um, we didn't know obviously exactly how we were going to do that, but, um, we just knew that we were going to do it. And we ended up outscoring them 34 to seven, uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, and it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, you can't make it up. Um, but you know, just that, that culture and, and being immersed in that just surrounded by, you know, not only the, the, the guys on the team, but the school, um, you know, I, I really think it's, it's unique. And like I said, I don't think that's been, been duplicated anywhere else. No, definitely not. And I, that, that's always kind of that, that enigma that I'm looking for. Cause you talk to a lot of kids too, and especially in, in today's, today's age, you know, they, there's a lot of them that just want to know, like coach, you know, I just, I just want to be confident. How do I gain that confidence? You know, and you see the programs like, you know, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the North Dakota States, the, the Mount Unions, those teams just have that confidence. What do, you, what do you think that confidence and, you know, positivity and knowing you're going to get it done, what do you think that kind of comes from when you're, when you're in those programs? Yeah, I think, um, you know, at least, at least for us, I think, you know, we knew we were one, you know, the hardest working team. You know, I think that was really kind of what, um, what drove us, whether it was the off season or, or practice or, um, you know, whatever it was, I don't think, you know, we had any doubt that, that we weren't prepared for someone, um, you know, or that we, we hadn't outworked them. Um, and so just that level of intensity, um, you know, year round, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't really any break, you know, the, the national championship game was the third week of December and, um, you know, the, the, second week of January we're we're hitting the weight room and we're going uh you know so there was a little downtime I guess but not much you know we would go home and lift and and get ready for the off season but um you know just that that uh work ethic I think again it it, it leads to that confidence when you know that you're prepared um you know you're not really worried about what lies ahead I guess um you know and I think that's something that that I tried to you know, relate to guys. And I think it goes, you know, into the classroom or, or into any area of life. Um, you know, if you prepare the right way and, and you attack it, um, you know, you're going to have that confidence, you know, whether it's going into that test, going into that interview, um, whatever it is, you know, just attacking it and, and preparing yourself in the right way, you know, really leads to, to success. With that being said, is that something that you try to uh, stress in your indie periods and in your uh, maybe inside drills and different things like that is the, um, you know, that, that hard work or that, uh, you know, that grind, grind it out kind of attitude that, like you said, gives you, gave you so much confidence, um, you know, because obviously as an offensive line coach, there's only so much you can do with an off season, uh, but you can, uh, you know, kind of control your, your indie period. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that, that we, uh, we get after it. Um, you know, there's, uh, a run progression drill that, that I did every day when I was a player and I've taken it. And, um, you know, I know, I know our players don't like it. Uh, it's, 
it's um <laughs> it's physical you know we get the boards out we we get some contact going and um you know it, it's one of those things where it kind of wakes them up to to start practice but you know just that you know that physicality and setting the tone um you know i'm i'm thankful that we do indy you know right away so um we can we can set the tone and and get after it um you know and really kind of rev up the engines and i know uh you know, guys will get mad when, when we're doing tough drills and then go right into, you know, third down period live against the defense. But, yes. um, you know, I, I tell them, I, I tell them, I mean, you're not, you're not going to go into a third down and not be tired in a game, you know? So that's, that's one of the things that I, I try to get them to, to understand. Hey, you're going to be tired in the fourth quarter. You know, what are you going to do to finish the game? And, and I think that's been, um, you know, well-received, um, afterwards, I think, you know, during it, they, they definitely, uh, don't, don't enjoy it, but I think they appreciate it afterwards. Yeah. And there's nothing cooler than, you know, seeing some of the, the, you know, rewards for all that labor that they've done when, when the other team's tapping out and you've already said it once coach, when they're, when they're calling out power and you're still able to run it. I mean, that's like the, the ultimate feeling, ultimate confidence, ultimate, like, yeah, what coach is saying here, we're more physical. We've worked harder. We're more prepared. I've got more confidence and we're just going to smash it right down your guys's face. There's no better feeling in football. There's no better feeling in life. I think, you know, when, when you, you prepare to get to that job interview and you get it done or, you know, or you, you know, you, you go out and you ask, you ask that girl that you've been waiting for, for how long <laughs> out and it happens because you prepared and you're ready to roll. So, I mean, there's so many parallels in life to that, you know, stuff just doesn't happen. It happens. Success happens to the people who are working their tail off to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, you know, that's a big thing that, that I've been telling the guys and, and kind of our message right now is, you know, nothing is, nothing is going to be given to you. You know, you have to have to earn everything and, you have to work for everything. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're seeing a change in, um, you know, the culture here, we're, we're trending in the right direction and, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, definitely the, the message that I believe in. Coach, you talked about your run progression, uh, drill that you like to run. Is there any other everyday drills or even if it's not every day, uh, most of the time that, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, our kids get really, really good at this. Uh, what are some of those things that, that you guys are doing with your offensive line? Uh, because, you know, I, I think there's probably uh, 8 million different drills. You can work different things, but uh, if you're doing those once or twice a, a year, you're only getting so much out of them. I, I'm always kind of interested in what are guys doing every day? Because most of the time that that's what, you know, a coach feels is, is very important to everything that offensive lineman is going to have to do. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, with the, with the run progression, obviously with that, we're working our, our steps and our different angles um, for everything. And, and that's, uh, you know, I want the, that, um, that muscle memory, you know, I want them to, to know exactly what a, you know, what a, a jab step feels like, exactly what a slide step feels like, um, you know, and, and get it so that they don't even have to think about it. So once the game hits, you know, they're not thinking about their steps, um, you know, their body's going to do it because they've done it so much. Um, you know, other drills in the past game, um, you know, I, I like one, I call a three man wave, um, you know, where you're, you're setting and, and posting, uh, to different bags coming at you from different directions. Um, you know, and then a, a mirror drill where obviously setting and posting with, with a guy who's moving, um, and being able to react and, and move to the direction he's moving. So, um, you know, with those, you know, everything starts from the ground up. So we have to be great on our feet. So, um, you know, almost every drill I'm doing is, is building off that footwork. So, um, you know, I really don't, don't get into the punch a whole lot. Um, you know, obviously hand placement is important, but if a guy can't move his feet, he's not going to be able to have a good punch. Yes. Um, so, so really it's, it's starting from the ground up and, um, you know, understanding how to set angles and, you know, tackles are going to have to set a little bit differently than guards and, and being able to stay, um, you know, on the inside number of a guy, uh, understanding where the quarterback's at, just things like that where um, they understand what a pocket is and, and you know, well, this is why you can't get beat inside. You don't have help. So <laughs> you, you are responsible for staying in between him, um, you know, him and the quarterback and, and just working those drills over and over. And again, you know, I think it's, a lot of, of trying to build muscle memory. So, 
Um, you know, you're not being lazy. You're not just standing up and, and moving your feet, you know, keeping good pad level in, in everything we do. Um, but those would be the, the main ones that I do pretty much every day. Man, and that, that inside that inside move, keeping that – I don't know if it's how you teach it, but how, how we teach it, you get the inside move and you got to keep that inside foot up. You know, don't want to open that up to, to give that angle to the defensive lineman. For whatever reason, coaching it and playing it is just such a difficult concept <laughs> unless you rep that – eight million times because you can Absolutely. rep it near full speed and, and be great and then all of a sudden a guy does it really fast and then it's boom it's opening that hip up almost automatically yeah absolutely and that's you know building building that speed so that you're able to to react um you know that's why i like the the reaction drills is, is seeing something moving and, and reacting to it and not just mm-hmm necessarily hitting a sled uh you know that that's not trying to get around you <laughs> right <laughs> um, but but having some moving targets i think has been been really beneficial coach is that something that you guys do in the off season do you have like kind of maybe a, a drill progression or something that you give the the strength coach you know that's maybe specific for the offensive line like hey here's here's a list of things i want them to do for agilities or or movements when you guys obviously can't be there working with them because of some of the rules Right. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we definitely talked and, um, you know, as far as agility and, and, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful this year, I actually have, um, you know, four seniors, uh, or four rising seniors, I should say. So, um, you know, I call them seniors right now because they are seniors in the program, but, um, you know, and, and I've talked with those guys as far as, you know, when we're doing agility stuff, this is, you know, this is kind of how we want to progress it. So, um, you know, really, again, you know, just with the time frame of, of, you know, how I got here, I ne- didn't necessarily, um, you know, get a chance to plan out camp as much as I would have liked. Uh, but, you know, we, we kind of did that on the fly. But, yeah, I've, I've put together, a, um, you know, a list of, of progressions for the guys. And, you know, obviously we'll get into a, a spring ball a little bit later in March and, and kind of go off that and, and build off that. But um, they know they know how important the, the feet work or the footwork is, excuse me. Um, so they're they're definitely working on that. Well, you talked about how even how much more important it was, and, and I and I don't know if you said necessarily much more important, but to me it is. Um, where I was almost even lacking in, in the opposite way, but uh, man, how much footwork is important in, in pass pro and in everything. Where um, I almost didn't coach hands at all. It was almost all footwork because when I played, I, I didn't use my hands very well. But if I could get my feet in the right position they at least couldn't get around me very quickly uh and you know if I get bold I get bold but that takes a while too uh so when I became a coach I had to kind of learn a little bit more about you know hands and punch and I had to make it more of an emphasis than I played with but I still am very very heavy footwork over over hand placement which again I'm I'm sure I need to learn a little more and and make it a little bit more of an emphasis but uh, even in the run game uh I, I don't get really heavy into hands if we can have a perfect first couple of steps um you know it just seems in my experience of playing and and coaching what little I have man that just really sets you free uh if you can get those your footwork in the ground and get your body in the right position yeah and that's uh you know I definitely I definitely agree with that and that's something that you know I've I've kind of bought into as I've as I've learned and as I've tried things um you know, I don't want to overcoach every little detail. Obviously, you guys know with offensive line, there's, uh, you know, technique out the wazoo that you, right. could, that you could coach on. Um, you know, you could, yeah. you could tweak every little thing. Um, and, and, you know, with our guys, you know, really I emphasize getting the job done, um, you know, first. So, you know, if you can show that you can get the job done, obviously you're going to get more chances on the field. Um, from there, I'll obviously coach the technique, um, and, and work with you. But again, it's more important to get the job done. So, you know, we might not look the, the most, um, you know, technique sounds offensive line, but if we're moving guys and we're, we're keeping the pocket clean, um, I, I can live with that. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of why I, you know, as far as grading, I'll break up how I grade things and, and technique is a separate category where, I don't put as much emphasis on that as I do, you know, assignment and, and finish, um, you know, just so those guys see, all right, you did the right job and you finished your block. You know, we need to improve this technique, but you still got a, a plus on the play. Um, so 
that's kind of how I, I approach that. I always kind of liken it back to you both of you guys just making me think about it, but like, you know, MMA fighters and, and boxers, you know, yes, they are striking with, with their hands, but when their feet are in poor positions, you know, you can sap power out of, you know, the strikes that they're trying to make or, or their body can be a, in a bad position and now they're going to get hit. So I think, you know, even from thinking about it from a, a combat sport aspect, you know, it's all about footwork and all about positioning and all about that timing you know, and, and being able to, to bring that force from the ground up through my hands, you know, and, and if any part of that chain is, is wrong, you know, it, it's not going to be a powerful punch or I'm going to be off balance or out of position anyway. So I think both of you guys bring up great points about having, you know, proper balance, proper base and, and having my feet in the right spots. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things I do to, to try and get guys to understand that, you know, just look at their squat numbers compared to their, their bench numbers. Um, you know, you're going to be able to move a lot more if yeah. you're using your legs and, and your lower body than you are if you're just trying to bench them off you. So, um, you know, I think that's one way that, that they kind of understand where I'm coming from as far as the, the forwards involved. Coach, when, when, you're, when you are, uh, you know, last couple of questions, but uh, I love getting to talk to offensive line guys. When you are uh, installing, kind of jumping back to that, how much of that for you guys uh, is, is walkthrough and how much of that is time spent in the film room uh, compared to, you know, on the board? Because that's, that's to me, always the, the fine line that I'm trying to find. Because you get, especially in high school, you get whatever it is. If you're lucky, you get 15 minutes before a practice to do individual meetings. So, you, right. you know, you get 15, maybe 20. But 15, you know, 20 tops. So, it's like, okay, I get 20 minutes what's my breakdown going to be like? And I know for each group, maybe I'm a little different, but um, I'm always trying to find that, that perfect or near perfect uh, percentage of, okay, here's some board work. Here's what you need to see it on film, but also we got to get all this walkthrough in because I don't want to spend a bunch of time walking through during practice. Cause we only get, you know, an hour and a half of actually getting to hit people. And I don't want that time to be spent walking through things. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, what, in camp, obviously, with, with all the time that, that we have, um, you know, I definitely hit, hit, hit each aspect of it, excuse me. Um, you know, so I'll start with drawing it on the board. Um, we'll go into the film. And then from there, I'll actually have um, the guys teach it back. So I'll have guys stand up on the board, teach it, um, you know, and, and make sure that they're writing it down in their notebook, obviously, when I'm installing it. And then we'll have our, our walkthrough um, from there. And I think you know, one of the things that, again, this kind of goes back to, um, you know, learning, learning the guys in the room, you know, how do those guys learn? Because um, there are obviously a lot of different learning styles. Um, so, you know, that's one thing that, that I'll have communication with guys about, um, you know, is the guy nodding off when we're watching film? Well, let's get on our feet and let's go do it. Um, you know, maybe some guys need to, write it down three or four times you know so giving them the the paper so that they can write it down against different looks and, and they can see what you know what they're supposed to be doing but um you know with that I, I don't I'm not set in one particular way I think you know I, I like using a combination of them um you know especially in camp and you know with our our two install days this year you know we we did spend a lot of time uh in the meeting rooms those first couple of days um going over everything but um you know just having them um you know i think having them write it down and then you know like i said i think the biggest success i've had is having them teach it back so whether it's the same meeting or whether it's um you know whether it's the next day or, or whenever it is you know uh again back in, in camp you know i would use the last 10 to 15 minutes um you know give me four or five guys up on the board and i'd ask them to draw a certain play against a certain look um and then they would teach it to the room and, you know, once they're done teaching, you know, I would have some questions that I wanted to ask them, you know, what, you know, what call is this? Um, you know, if this guy walks up, what, what adjustment are we making? You know, again, just so that they're thinking um, about what's going on. And, you know, a lot of guys have, have really liked that, at least from, from what I've seen. And I, I feel like it helps them, um, you know, helps them retain it a little bit more. Coach, I love it. And when you when you have your guys sitting in the meeting room, do you guys sit kind of like by the position that they play? Because I know that was one of the first things I'd learned coaching O line was when they'd be watching the film and watching that that end zone shot. 
you know, sitting across, you know, left tackle, left guard, center. Is that, is that kind of something you guys do or is it something where, hey, you guys kind of sit wherever? Yeah, I, I haven't done that. Um, I actually really like that idea, but um, that's something that, um, no, I haven't really messed with that with that too much. I've just kind of let them, them sit where they wanted. Um, the one thing I did encourage was uh, the freshmen to, to, or the new guys to spread out, um, okay. you know, and be around guys who have been, been in it and, and kind of know the drill. Um, you know, I didn't want all, all the freshmen sitting in the back um, trying to figure out what's going on. You know, I, I wanted them surrounded by guys who had somewhat a, of an idea of what we were doing. That's funny because when I was at, at Tulsa, those were all the guys that I had. It was kind of like, Walls, you got these guys. <laughs> so, like, you had the first unit sitting in the front. The second unit was kind of sitting in that second row, and they could communicate back and forth. But, you know, I, I liked it because, you know, left guard and left tackle had to talk. So, you know, they could right. communicate whatever call it was between them. But then it's like you said, when you had the new guys in the back, that was where it was kind of nice because if they had questions, then they'd be asking asking me rather than, you know, maybe not bothering, you know, th- those older guys. But that was kind of in the season. When it was spring and off season, then, yeah, it was much more intermixed and intermingled because those guys were going to be playing in different spots. Right. Coach, how, how locked in are you as far as, hey, if a guy plays right tackle, he's kind of a right tackle, or you are – for you, do do guys play a lot of different positions just depending on – I'm sure it's got a lot of – depends on a lot and in injuries and different things, but how much, you know, this year did you guys uh, change guys' positions around um, guard to tackle or right to left side, uh, things like that? Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, my biggest thing is, is the best five guys are going to play. Um, so we're going we're gonna to find whatever combination we need to um, to put the, the best five guys in a unit out there that, that can work together. Um, you know, obviously there are certain body types that, that um, you know, are, are more beneficial at a certain position. Um, but really it goes back to, to footwork. You know, I need my tackles to be able to move their feet. You know, they're going to be on their, on their own. They got to be able to move their feet and stay in front of guys. And, you know, guys who maybe don't necessarily move their feet as well, you know, we can put in the middle and, and you know, get more, um, you know, more help if we have to or get those combo blocks or, or whatever uh, it may be. But um, I'm definitely not – not. I don't want guys to be locked into one spot. And that's again, kind of goes back to why I teach it uh, more big picture when we start. I want the guys to understand, all right, as a unit, the five of us, this is what we're doing. You know, if you're – you know, just learning right tackle right now, um, and we need you to play left guard, you know, you have to be able to step into that and understand what you're doing. So, um, you know, for us this season, you know, we did have a couple injuries. We had a couple guys who, um, you know, played guard and tackle. Um, you know, my center had to move to guard um, a little bit later and then back to center and, um, you know, whatever it was. Again, just finding that combination of the, the best five guys, um, you know, and with that, you know, I tell younger guys, obviously it's beneficial if you if you know all five spots because, um, you know, you never know when an opportunity is going to come at whatever position, and you don't want to say, oh, coach, I just play, I just play right tackle. Okay, well, I'm going to go find a guy who knows how to play <laughs> on the offensive line, and we're going to find a way to make it work. So. Um, <laughs> Well, coach, we're, we're kind of we're coming up on an hour right now, and, and it's been awesome. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, the last thing I, I love asking guys, and, and especially offensive line guys, because um, you know I kind of formulated this question uh, pretty selfishly, just because I kind of wanted to know guys that I that, that I you know admired or looked up to. Hey, I wonder what they're looking at when they're looking at my offensive line. Is basically why I formulated the question. But uh, now I, I get great answers and. And it's really helped me out last year. But what I always like to ask guys is, when you're watching another team's offensive line, uh, what's some things that they would be doing that would make you think highly of their coach? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's, there's a couple things that, that jump out right away. I think um, what I look for is, is what are they doing pre-snap as far as communication? Um, you know, are their eyes up? Are they – um, you know, communicating as far as, as whatever their combos are or, or just seeing what's going on. Um, but then more importantly, what are they doing when the whistle blows? Um, you know, are those guys hustling downfield trying to push a pile um, or are they kind of standing around the offensive, you know, the, the line of scrimmage? Um, you know, I think that's one of the things that 
you know, is, is coaching, you know, um, a guy can have talent or not have talent, but the effort of what he, what is he doing when the play ends? Hmm. Um, you know, and, and I love to see the film of, you know, a 70 yard touchdown run and the offensive linemen are getting in on the celebration, you know, just hustling down there. And, um, you know, I tell my guys when, when a play, when a play breaks, you never know if you're going to be able to make a block downfield or not. You know, if the running back cuts back and you make a, you know, a touchdown block, you never know. So, um, you know, with that, just the ability to finish and, and finishing plays, I think is something that um, definitely, I think, comes from the coach. Obviously, there are some guys who have it in them, but if the coach can get all five guys to, to finish every single play, um, they're going to be a, a tough offensive line to deal with. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.